and welcome to the Authentic Healthpreneur podcast. My name is Mirendi Leverett, healthpreneur, business strategist and intuitive, and I will be your host. In this podcast series, I will be interviewing female healthpreneurs and sharing their amazing, inspiring and motivating stories about how they started their own health business. Listen to how some of these beautiful women have overcome barriers or adversity to create their own unique health business and thrive. These women are not making millions of dollars or dominating the world, but they are certainly making a difference to their clients' lives and living their true purpose of serving and helping others in need. Also in this podcast, I will be sharing hints and tips on how to be a successful healthpreneur whilst remaining authentic when starting and running a health business. This podcast aims to inspire, motivate and educate you on all you need to know about starting, growing and pivoting in a business as a health clinician. This podcast is available to subscribe and download via Anchor, Spotify, iTunes and Google Podcast. So remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Authentic Healthpreneurs. My special guest today is Eva Zobian-Wolf, and she is the owner of Eva Z Wellness. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on. Last year, as I was just saying to you prior to us starting this recording, I interviewed a fellow a nurse here in Australia who lives literally around the corner from me and she too is um, doing what you are doing over in the US and I'll give a little bit away but won't take too much of your thunder where she is helping fellow nurses um, recover from burnout which you know I think is so important especially even now even post-COVID we're still experiencing a lot of um, health clinicians um, with burnout so welcome and thank you for coming to share your own personal story. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this is uh, very near and dear to my heart because as a nurse, um, I thought I had okay coping mechanisms. And after 20 years of working in the medical field, I did not. No. I think what's <laughs> I, happened is because I've been working in the you know, health industry too for 20 years plus years I think things have changed so much things have evolved and we're just such a much busier and in demand expecting instant you know gratification results that we're just caught up in this whirlwind as health clinicians where you know because we've got all this technology now to help us with diagnosing you know all of that they we're just expected to do stuff straight away um, compared to you know 20 plus years ago when we didn't always have all this technology to help us. So you're a registered nurse. So I guess first question is what made you choose to become a nurse in the first place? I had been already working in the healthcare field uh, and there was just a number of things that happened where I kept doing different things and the the road kept leading to nursing. And it was something that I really enjoyed working in the hospital. I really enjoyed working with patients and I loved being able to have those conversations with them and talk about different things. And the idea of being able to be helpful and to be of service, that was something that I just, I really wanted to stay in that modality. Um, And there's just, there's something about being able to show up for someone when there's not someone at their side when you're able to 
ease somebody's suffering and to help them through a time that is just, it's crazy. I mean, I worked ICU. And so, you know, Mm. things like that, working in the critical care unit, there's just a level of, oh my gosh, I don't even know how to put it. It's just, there's just so much, it's so much, it's so much. And so being able to almost be a bit of a, a guide for somebody in that time. Mm. It's really, it's just, it's really fantastic. I love, I love working in critical care. Oh yeah. It's such uh, it, well, I want to say it's crazy, but it's a hectic, you know, working in those high stressful situations where, you know, you're working with clients or clients, patients that, you know, need your attention and care right now. Otherwise they could die or they will die. And you're needing to be on your top game um, to be able to be, you know, help them, service them, you know, give it what they need. Because at that time, they may not be able to communicate what they're needing. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's one of the biggest things is just being able to stand up and advocate for the patient, advocate for their family to help them with that situation. Um, It's just, I... I think you're just, you're, you're called to it. You're drawn to it. There's just something in all of us that when that opportunity presents, it's not something we can walk away from. No, totally, totally. So you yourself have experienced burnout. When did you, was it during the COVID pandemic that you experienced burnout or when was it? No, actually it was, it was earlier. I, um, I didn't even realize I was in burnout and I, looking back, I had probably been in burnout for a good couple, couple decades. Um, (laughs) it was one of those things where I was just, I mean, I, I was a very healthy eater. I always exercise. Um, but I lacked a lot of really healthy coping mechanisms in terms of how I dealt with stress, how I dealt with those really insane, hectic moments um, where I wasn't talking about it. I wasn't, bring, I wasn't bringing it home or I was bringing it home. I just wasn't talking about it with anybody. And so it came across in my relationships with my family and with my kids and how I interacted with people. I mean, just the driving on the highway was... I, yeah, I had a, I had a lot of stress within me and it wasn't until I started doing yoga teacher training or yoga therapy training. And I started developing healthier coping mechanisms that I started to see some changes in me. Mm -hmm. Um, But the biggest, the biggest thing was when um, I started backing off on how much I was working in the hospital And my youngest son looked at me and said, you're always smiling and you're just so happy now that you don't work at the hospital as much. And all I could think of was, who have I been up until this moment? Yeah, most definitely. So then I guess if you experienced burnout before COVID and you've learned, you know, what you were doing right, wrong, I guess then you've been then able to help a lot of nurses and other health clinicians during COVID because you'd kind of been through burnout pre-COVID. And that's actually what I, what I do now um, through a lot of different modalities, but I've been 
working with clients uh, for about five years now, actually helping them with stress, helping with chronic illness. And it was really during the time of COVID that I was, I stopped working at the bedside in 2019. Uh, and it turned out to be a blessing in disguise for me because I have a husband with very little immune system. And so mm -hmm. it would have been one of those things where I wouldn't have been able to work and be anywhere near him during the time of COVID. Um, but I was still in the community. I was still connected with all of my friends that are physicians and nurses and respiratory therapists and fitting, watching them all go through all of that was just unbelievable because I, I knew, I knew what it felt like for me just during a normal time period, you know, working in the hospital and just having the standard level of stress in our in our situation in our units and you know during times of crisis what did that feel like but then having it basically we can't even say that it was doubled or quadrupled it was more like unbelievable level mm. of of stress and yeah. watching some of the 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 conversations and and talking with a lot of my friends it was just i felt felt like I wasn't doing enough. And so mm. that's when I switched gears in my business and I switched to focusing on helping people in the healthcare industry. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, I know it was like this all around the world. If you were sick with COVID, you weren't allowed to go to work. So we were down on numbers and, you know, people were doing, yeah, a lot more than what they would normally do. So like you said, this is when you switched gears and really started propelling your business. So that's one of the, I guess, um, points that got you into your business, but was there any other things that kind of got you to go, Hey, this is a business. This is something I could do as a full-time business. Um, yeah. Was there anything else that came out, you know, from that? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, when I started with my yoga therapy journey, I learned so many things that I honestly thought should have been part of nursing school, should have been part of the education that we as healthcare providers were, should have, we should have had that knowledge. There were yeah. so many aspects where all I kept thinking was, why is nobody talking about these things? Um, because when I started working with clients privately, I was having just these unbelievable results where, you know, someone, I had a couple of clients with fibromyalgia and mm -hmm. The different after a few sessions, they talked about how much more they were able to do in their lives. Had the the fewer amounts of flare ups that they had, um, and just all of the different changes that a lot of my clients would talk about. That it was it was it was honestly baffling to me that all of these modalities have been out there in the world and they weren't being utilized. They weren't being prescribed. Yeah. Yeah. And, most definitely. You know, healthcare providers, it seems like we have, we you know, we tell people all the time, make sure you're eating more vegetables, make sure you're exercising, make sure you <laughs> drink your water, but there's so much more than just that. We don't tell them how it is that that affects them. Or, you know, I think we go, we focus on the doom and gloom and we don't yeah. focus on the benefits. Yeah. Totally. And I think like you said, you know, 
when we're being trained up as health clinicians, yeah, we're not taught about self-care and taking care of ourselves because, you know, we're giving, giving, giving to our clients and our workplace. We forget, oh, hang on, we got to keep our own bucket full and we need, you know, it is, it's so much more than just healthy eating, exercise, whatever. It's about, I guess, the big thing now that I found during COVID, it's mindfulness to having time to just sit and reflect and not think about anything, just sit with the nature, universe, whatever, and not have, you know, and if thoughts come in, you just let them roll through, but you're not, you just need downtime. It's almost like a meditation where you're not thinking, but you're not sleeping, but you just need some quiet time just to collect your thoughts, to have a cup of tea, just to breathe. I think that's a big thing. We forget to breathe properly. Oh, I could go on for an hour of just breathing. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So I guess I want to ask some questions because the listeners here are fellow females in running their own health businesses. What would you say are the positives and the negatives of running your own business? Oh my goodness. Um, Being able to run my own business gives me the opportunity to be able to choose where I run my business. If I'm traveling, I can still run my business because I can bring my laptop, I can bring my phone, and I can just have a different background one day. Um, Being able to have that autonomy is fantastic. that's also one of the negatives because if I wake up one morning and I think I really need to practice self-care, um, I'm it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, it, I have that flexibility, but I also have that, uh, that drive to create and to serve. And so sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to talk self-care, you need to practice self-care. Yeah, totally, totally. You got to practice what you <laughs> preach, eh? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so I guess thinking back when you started out on your own in your own business, what do you wish you had have known then that you know now? Oh my goodness, ah, uh, I wish I had um, spent more time building the bones of the business. Yes. I jumped in head first, full of energy and excitement. Um, And there was a few things that I had to go back and fix and correct. And the the biggest thing I think is just understanding that regardless of what you do, it's never going to be perfect. And giving, getting, getting rid of that perfectionism, I think is a really a challenging thing. Oh, I think too. And because working in the health industry we have to be perfect we cannot you know not be perfect like I know nursing medical is 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 you know most paramount if you get a measure wrong or you know you're doing a medication or IV drip whatever if you get it slightly wrong but there are absolute massive repercussions on that so I can understand the whole perfectionist thing and again yeah anyone working in the health industry if you yeah, prescribe something wrong or you give the wrong advice to the client or, you know, you're not on your top game, it can come back to bite you big time and, you know, you get 
flipping medico legal stuff happening. So I can totally get the perfectionism. But I love how you say the bones of the business because this is something I talk to so many women about is because they're, you know, their heads in five different spaces because they're trying to think of everything. But I said, you've got to get the foundation set up first. You need to, you know, have, you know, all the basic stuff set up, you know, your accountancy program, your booking program, your forms, all of that. You can't just say, hey, I'm open for business. People come and see me because you need to know how the systems and processes are going to run. So then that when you start getting busy, everything doesn't fall into a massive heap and then you're having burnout because you're freaking out, stressing out because you've lost someone's client form or you've lost an email, you know, whatever. So I'm so glad you said that because I think that's often what happens with us is that we kind of just start a business on the fly because someone said, hey, why don't you do this? You're like, yeah, okay. And then you forget that you need to set up the foundation. So yeah, thank you for saying that because I don't think we can... You know, talk about it enough. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So awesome. So then do you have any advice or tips for other female health clinicians who are thinking of, you know, going out on their own, starting their own business? What would you say to them? Do it. Absolutely do it. I mean, there's just there's there's such a an a space in this universe for people of service um, that it doesn't matter if there's somebody doing exactly the same thing that you're doing, you're going to come at it from a different perspective because we all have our own experiences. We have our own uh, strengths that we bring and to meet the people that resonate with you and they're going to hear your message differently than the person that's next to you that's doing the exact same thing. Be able to listen to that other person and get one thing from it and then listen to you and get something different. And so yes. that, that comparison thing just needs to just of your mind. Yeah, um, yeah. everyone's got their just, own unique skills, knowledge, experience. And again, you may not, a client might not resonate with you like they resonate with another client or, you know, vice versa. That's what I say. There's enough fish in the fish bowl for all of us to have enough work. Um, you know, because yeah, like I said, you're not going to resonate with everyone. People are going to be attracted to you and your energy and your story and feel like, Hey, I relate to them. I want to work with them. Um, so that is, yeah, absolute perfect advice. Cause I think we often do, we, that fear comes in going, oh, but there's another person down the road who's exactly the same trained as me. But yeah, but they might be specializing in something totally different. They may not be, you know, yes, we're all nurses or we're all exercise physiologists or we're all physios, but you're going to have that little niche market um, that you love working with. And, you know, if you're doing the work that brings you love, you're going to attract that as well. Ah, I love that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, are you still working as a registered nurse? Because I know for some professions, you still have to work in your industry to keep your registration accreditation. And if you are, how do you balance, you know, doing your day job, running your own business, having your personal life? What do you do to help keep it all in line and sync so that you're not burning out because you're 
you know, in three different, four different, five different mm-hmm. places. Yes. Well, I actually stepped away from the bedside and I do still man- maintain my license. I will pick up a, a, a job here, here and there periodically. Um, a lot of what I do is volunteer. I work as a nurse in a volunteer capacity um, with different organizations. Um, I work with a, an organization that does uh, adaptive cycling for veterans and first responders with PTSD. And so that you know in that capacity that's i've been doing that for seven years now and that just has been amazing for me um but then i also i write continuing education courses for nurses bringing in all of the different information in the mind body integration um that what i was talking about the information that i had wished that i had known when i went through nursing school um and i of research with us and asking a lot of nurses that have been in the industry for 30 years, 20 years, years. have you ever been taught this information? Did anybody Mm -hmm. mention any of this along the way? And what amazed me was a big resounding no. Yeah. We progressed in the last 10 years talking more about stress information still hasn't made its way back into nursing schools or medical programs yeah it's such a shame isn't it because you know it that's where I feel we get unstuck we get so focused on the clinical practical stuff we forget about helping people manage stress or manage you know time management you know um you know dealing when you're dealing with critically ill patients there's no training I think at university on dealing with death and, you know, seeing someone in a really bad situation, like after, when you're in the workplace, yes, they offer you the EAP services, but if people could be given some tools, okay, Hey, you might experience this. This is what you could do. If it happens, it's all kind of retrospective. And after the event, when we should be arming people with the tools and knowledge and skills before they experience such, you know, a traumatic event or, you know, whatever it is that's going to cause them stress. Oh, yeah. And how to deal with that grief and what are the things that you can do to not compartmentalize it and hold it within you and just not talk about it. Um, Allowing yourself to grieve, even though, you know, it may, you may have only known the person for 30 minutes, there's still a grieving process involved, whether you knew the person for a week whether they were family, it doesn't matter. Uh, but still being anytime that you're involved in somebody having a really traumatic experience in the hospital, whether they lived or not, um, there's still a, a certain amount of processing through that, that I think we as healthcare providers really give ourselves that time and you know, have the, that weird twisted sense of humor. And that's, that's a deflection. That's not mm. a coping mechanism. That's- yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. So what's the future hold for you and your business? What are you got planned moving forward? If you've got any, like, I don't know, you're going to write a book or you've got some courses you're going to release. What are you looking to do? Yeah, I am putting together, I'm putting together a course specifically on how to tailor your self-care practices specifically to you, because that's one of the big things is, you know, you hear this a lot where everybody 
is asking, what, what do I do? What's the best thing for this? And part of mind-body integration is taking the things that work specifically for you and doing more of that. Um, so I have a course put together where I'm helping nurses with customizing their self-care, creating a community where we can have those conversations of, you know, this is what I experience and these are the things that I'm doing to help me with that. Um, and then as well as writing CEU courses, um, continuing education courses that are specifically on how to create, um, how to have breathing practices for different different situations in our life. Do I need energy? Do I need to be focused? Do I need to be calm? Um, how do I tailor my day so that when I get home at night, I can actually go to sleep instead of hearing the ventilator that I think is in my closet going off in the middle of every time I try to fall asleep. Yeah. Um, and just different, different courses like that, that really bring those mindfulness components into, into, um, into it. And I'm working on creating a journal that it's specifically tied into the method that I use in my self-care course. Um, that really helps people develop that awareness of what does my body specifically need. Awesome. It sounds so exciting. And yeah, I guess, like we said earlier on, um, helping people manage or recover from burnout, but I guess the best next thing, the next best thing now is to help prevent people from going through burnout. So I'm so excited to see where you go and what you do. Um, so just want to share with everyone again, your business name and where they can find you online if they wish to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my business name is Eva Z Wellness. It's E-V-A-Z-E-E -E -E, Wellness. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Also, my social media is Eva Z Wellness. Excellent. So thank you so much again for coming on today and sharing your own personal journey um, of being a healthpreneur and also how you're now helping out your fellow nurses. It's such an inspiration. Thank you so much for having me and giving me this opportunity. This is fantastic. And I love what you're doing and helping <laughs> business owners to get, get their joy out into the world to share their passions with people. Yeah. That's what we're all about. Sharing the love. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. You have been listening to the Authentic Healthpreneur podcast. To ensure you don't miss an episode, remember to subscribe. If you are enjoying this series, please leave us a review. If after listening to this podcast episode, you feel inspired to start or transform your own health business, come join our free Facebook group, Authentic Healthpreneurs. Search Authentic Healthpreneurs in the Facebook groups. In this group, you will find free resources, webinars and other events to help propel your business forward and succeed. It is a beautiful community of like-minded female health practitioners who support and uplift one another and celebrate our successes together. If you need help with starting or growing your health business, be sure to check out my website, AuthenticHealthpreneurs.com. Here you will find more information on the one-on-one -on -one coaching services and online training programs that I offer. I would love to support and guide you to live your life purpose and see you succeed in business.
If you are not sure what help you need, then be sure to book in for a free business strategy session with myself. You will find the link in the website.